Ready? Ready. Okay. And this is Tina. And you're listening to Yano. This is a podcast about starting a business at the intersection of design and healthcare. We're back. back. Season two. Season two. Yeah, man, how you doing? You good? I know you like that. Come on. 90s rap. Anyway, you weren't alive then, I'm sure. (laughs) That Um, is Jeff. Coming out of my mother's womb, but the that is sampled from like a classic song. I don't know. God, can't help you. I thought you were a musical person. I like. I'm a selective musical person. Mm. So we're back. We took a little break. I feel refreshed. You? Um, <laughs> I feel like we took a break from the podcast, but we had a lot of things that we were doing in I between. Know. We had a lot of planning to do. Yeah, and we had to plan for season two, which yeah. is really exciting. It's so good. The one thing I'm so thankful for about you is that you're incredibly prepared, always. Yeah. And you've done an amazing job. You planned an amazing season to come. Thanks. Um, on my side job is going to be half-ass podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do this season because I'm not editing. Yeah. I'm just going to like just take that. You can just come in and request like only yellow M&Ms. That's right. They should make coffee M&Ms. You know they have like all those crazy flavors? No. Like pretzel and malt oh. and peanut butter. Would you call that a flavor? Pretzel is a flavor. I think they have different inserts. It's like insert mint, insert nut, insert pretzel. <laughs> oh my God. If they had a coffee bean one, that would be Ugh. amazing. Yeah. You'd like it. Uh, I would not like it. Yeah. But Kids would be like, <laughs> yeah, they'd have to put a disclaimer on it. Must be over 18. So. So we're back and what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about a topic that I feel like is super important to us that we have debated on and off probably our whole careers, and it starts with an I, innovation. Why are we whispering it? Because I know it makes your skin crawl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to talk about innovation today, mostly because a lot of teams come to us at Diagram wanting to innovate within healthcare. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, my reaction is, eh, it doesn't really sound like an innovation. So, right. Or we have the other situation where it's like, you have a lot of other problems you might want to fix before you start hunting a new unicorn. Oh, that sounds terrible. Why would you hunt unicorns? Search. Search for a new unicorn. <laughs> We're not going to... You're right. We we don't kill unicorns. We don't advocate killing unicorns. Imaginary animal protection rights. I have to tell you, sorry, I know that this is a side, but you know in that um, This American Life episode that I was telling you that people didn't learn anything until they were older. Remember and I said, oh, one of them was the X-I-N-G was crossing and everybody and a woman thought it was Zing. And I really connected with it because I thought it was Zing up until literally like two years ago. Um, one of them was that the woman thought that unicorn, one woman thought that unicorns were real. Another person also thought the dragons were real. They just wow. lived in different places. Wow. How do you know they're not real? 
Anyway, th- this is the topic we're going to <laughs> explore today. Dragons, and unicorns, unicorns, and innovation. <laughs> Are they real? <laughs> I think it's really important because our mission in our company diagram is that design can change healthcare. And I think that word change is up for debate. Do we mean improvement? Do we mean innovation? Can we say both? Yeah, so I think that there are three key eyes that people talk about within healthcare. The first one is innovation, and innovation is defined as change that adds value. And I think the greater the change and the greater the value of that change, the greater the innovation. Like I would imagine a good innovation is iTunes, right? The iTunes really changed the way that that the world thinks about music from a business standpoint, from a listener standpoint, from a musician standpoint. I think that iTunes, if we think about change in value, the reason why iTunes was such a large innovation was because it was a very large change in the way that we listen to music and it created a very large value, right? right? Because it made us change the way that we listen to something and it made it, it made it invaluable to us. Like we have to have it everywhere now with us. Right. right. So that's the first I, innovation. The second I is invention, which is hard because it's something that's new something novel, something without precedent that's never existed before. And I think that invention is more easily achieved potentially, especially within healthcare, uh, in the science sector. And what's the best invention from a design perspective? That's a good question. Oh, it's so obvious. Post-its. I mean, who knew we were going to need to write notes and stick them up? on a tiny little square of color. They never existed. So that's a great example, I think, of an invention, right? Like, had no idea what the need, probably came out of some other need, right? Did post-its come from Velcro? No. It was a glue, I think. It was like they were inventing a new type of glue. Oh, yeah, that's the urban legend. Mm-hmm. And then the glue didn't really stick. Mm-hmm. And so then they made something mm-hmm. that didn't really stick. Yep. We don't know if that's true or not. The third I is improvement, and improvement... We I, love improvements. Yes, and I, I like to call it an evolution, not a revolution, because it, that's what an improvement is. An improvement is something that already exists. You've identified what's wrong with it, and then you've built upon it to make it better. Ye old landline turned into a, a mobile phone. Same need. We want to call people. I think that there's... A fourth eye, especially when I think about healthcare. Do you think anyone ever says there's no eye in innovation? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think that. Because that would be completely false. <laughs> there's two of them. Is imitation. That's when you see something innovative that somebody else has done or an invention that someone else has done. And then you repurpose it for your own. Yeah, but I don't think anybody ever comes to us and says, hey, I want to imitate these people <laughs> that did this other thing. But let's just put it on the table that it exists. And people, and I would say that a lot of times people come to us and they want us to do something new because they're looking at what somebody else has done and they just want to do it and maybe do it a little bit better. Right. In in the industry, another eye, they call that fast following. Fast followers, yeah. 
and fast followers. Well, and oftentimes, if fast followers are smart enough to make improvements that are large, they can overtake the leaders, the people who have been to market first. Right. I have some issues with the word innovation. Tell me. I feel like it's used as a stand-in term for anything right now. And whenever a a team or a company wants to make a headline or um, make big news of something small, they call it an innovation. And I think it confuses people because there's no real solid understanding or example of really what an innovation, what a true innovation actually is. And so the term's gotten very muddy and it does make my skin crawl. It does make it a little bit um, frustrating for me when people say that they want to innovate. Because nobody, it's not sexy to say we're an improvement company. Right. Or it's not sexy to say, we don't want to innovate this problem. We want to just improve it. Yeah. They want to innovate it. And I feel like really, it's really a challenge because um, they want to do something big. And big takes a long time. It's a lot of risk. And what they really could be doing is something very small that could lead to a big change. So many people come to us and they're like, can you improve healthcare? Because it just is terrible right now, right? And it's it could be in these incremental changes that we can make a big difference. I think that designers need to reconsider the position that they put themselves in when they call themselves a, a design innovator versus a designer. Because the challenge is, is that designers get trapped into the hole of just saying that they're going to innovate. And it puts a high expectation on what's actually going to get done. It's that blue sky thinking, right? It's like anything is possible, right? Right. Or that it's going to be some large revolution. And the challenge with that is that with healthcare, it's not a solitary pursuit, right? right? You can't just make some large giant change because there are infrastructures in place that will limit you. Regulatory rules and, you know, rules from the government and just all these kinds of things. And so I think that when designers come in and they want to innovate in healthcare, they get very frustrated because they've set up a standard where they feel like, oh, I want to make great change in the world. And the harsh reality is that those things take incremental improvements in order to actually do that. It's not sexy to say, I'm a design improver, (laughs) right? Right. Um, But to kind of make sure that they're having the right conversations with people to say, look, before we innovate, we need to lay down a groundwork of improvements that will help us that in the long term will create larger innovations. Right. It's partially our responsibility to create a mind shift with other people as well to kind of say, right, let's not throw around the term innovation so much. And let's make sure that these improvements are are sexy and that they are they create real change because that's the thing that's going to lead to a larger innovation. Those small things are the things that can really make a huge difference in a patient experience or in a doctor's experience or um, in any kind of healthcare experience, really. Design is a very hard place to do innovation. Science might be a space where innovation can happen more readily, 
Whereas with design, because it is, it tends to be, you know, looking at humans, looking at the way that they behave, looking at the way, and humans have been around for, you know, a million years, millions and millions of years, I guess. Is that right? How long have humans been around? <laughs> uh, I think it's millions. Okay. No. Humans have been around for the last 30 years at least. <laughs> <laughs> at least a decade. Hey, no one said that I was an expert on evolution, okay? Since they've been around, it's just really hard to, I think, come up with new or inventions or be innovative, right? And that's what we as designers are looking at, at what are the problems and challenges. Well, let me let me put it a different way. I disagree that that designers can't innovate. And I think that another way to spin it would be to think about those three eyes from a needs perspective. And that's what designers are good at, right? We're, we are driven by understanding what is that unmet need or what is the problem to be solved and then figuring out how to develop on that. I think that it, we could think about improvement as something that addresses existing needs in a new way. Then there's the idea of invention, which I feel like invention, the thing about invention is that it just could come from a need or it could be a completely created new need, right? It like invention comes from the imagination and it's like artists and scientists and things like that. They imagine what could be and then they kind of create something based on that. And then there's the idea of innovation, which is when we think about invention with added value on top of it, then I think it's also addressing needs, but then it is adding another layer on it where you're you're thinking about a, a business value or you're thinking about um, a value proposition to the person using it, right? Yeah. And so it's not just about the idea at that point with innovation. It's like it's idea, but it's also then crafting the whole business part about it, the whole globalization part of it, the technology, all of that stuff together. And that's what makes it innovative. I think that people oftentimes think of the product mm -hmm. when they think of design, right? Mm -hmm. So invention of the light bulb invention of, right? I followed you as far as improvement and invent versus invention on a need. You can't innovate a need. But there's multi maybe it's more of a multi-stakeholder need. So it's you're no longer thinking just about the needs of the end user, which I think in, in invention, you're thinking about like, okay, well, what is somebody going to do with this idea? How do you make sure that particularly in healthcare, that there's there's multiple people involved that have to be considered. And I think that that's, that can push an idea from just an improvement into a new space. When we were working with the hospital on uh, the ER experience, there were multiple needs in there. There were patient needs, there were nurses' needs, there were triage nurses' needs, there were admin needs. There were a lot of needs within there that we were working on. But we were really improving the ER experience, although I would say that the client probably wanted us to innovate That's right. the ER experience. So what, what would so, be the difference in that? What would be something that is an improvement versus an innovation in... Well, that's my question to you. You're the one making the case for it. I'm I, like, what is the difference between that? Because well, I think there's a big difference. An innovation is probably in the ER space, we're going to build new efficiencies, like we're going to have a system that helps communicate to people how long it's going to take them before they see a doctor, right? There's also a need to collect that data about how long is the actual waiting time, mm -hmm. how, you know, how many people have to talk to that person. So that added layer of that need of collecting that data now 
is, I think, what pushes it over into innovation. Because? Because now you're not just saying, I'm going to give patients a faster wait time and I'm going to make doctors feel like they're not wasting their time because we've created an improvement, right? We're also now adding a third dimension onto it by saying like, by doing that, we're getting some other value out of it, which is true data. But that's only, so in your mind though, it's only an innovation if they hadn't been gathering that data before. If they had been gathering, it wouldn't be? What makes it innovative is that they haven't been doing it before, right? Not inventive though. Like how you capture that da- data might be a new invention for capturing that data. But the whole thing is the innovation. Like a systems thinking is truly what makes something innovative. I think one of the things that always goes through my mind when we're, when we're talking about innovation is how content are you with where you're at? In relation to what? In, in relation to your problem? In relationship to, yeah, your problem or the thing that you want to do. You want your goals for your company, your goals as the designer. Like, how content are you doing what you're doing? And then the other part would be, how willing are you to change? Am I content with where my company is or where who I am as a designer and that the problems that I'm solving right now? Or do I want to go and push further? And then if I want to go push further, how willing am I to make the changes that need to go there? And so in relation to, is that how you define whether or not you want to innovate or you want to improve? Yeah. And and your willingness to really be honest about what needs to be done. It's okay to stay in improvement. And I think it's kind of like just being true to, and just being honest about where, where do you see yourself? And I think designers struggle with this a lot because of this fact that the improvement doesn't feel sexy. But I think if we could value it and just say like, right now you're making the change that you feel like is important. Well, it's almost how far are you willing to push to take it? Yeah. Right. Because Once you get out of a zone where it's not just you who is improving this, right? It's like those are the that's the extent of my capabilities as a designer or a design thinker. That's right. Right? Is I can improve upon this stuff, I can make it better, right? You start to change into a different capability set or have to build a new skill or capability when you start to want to try to take it even further because then you have to talk to the education board or you have to talk to you know right so you become kind of a different your capacity is different right right. Um, so it's kind of how how far out of that of your uh, solitary kind of accomplishments are you willing to to go out of yeah right and I so I think that what what we've come out of this conversation thinking is that there there is a difference between improvement and innovation, but that they shouldn't be valued any less. That one really, they're in service of each other, really. One needs the other. Yeah, for me, I feel like I just want, I want people to embrace the term improvement more and to stop saying that they're going to innovate everything and to use it more selectively so that people will understand that the value of improvement is just overlooked mm-hmm. and that yeah. um, and that those things are really the things that lead up to larger innovations. Yeah.
So this is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, I think these are these are topics that we'll be visiting throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, I think that we run across this issue all the time, right? We work for, I think there are three either companies or programs or um, groups that we're involved with that have the term innovation in yeah, their name. That's right. So That's right. So it's definitely something that we encounter on a daily basis. Yeah. And so do we want them to stop saying innovation or do we want them to start saying improvement or do we... <laughs> I know we'll have to have that conversation with them. Yes. Changing a group's name seems to be a bit of a, a large endeavor. Another improvement for, yeah, I know this season is we're going to move to once a month because we felt like, I think we, you and I feel like we. It's too need... much of a good thing. <laughs> you guys are spoiled by having us <laughs> twice a month. Please consider subscribing to Yeah, No if you like what you heard and hear and leave a review. We like reviews. That would be great. You can reach us on the web at Yeah No, the podcast, and on Instagram. This episode was recorded at Figure 8 Studios by Michael P. Coleman. Our theme song is written and performed by Chess Smith. This episode was produced and edited by Elizabeth Audley, who's new to the Yeah no team. Stay tuned for the next episode of Yeah no. We have a special guest. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>